You're listening to the Ricky Long Podcast. A lot of players, I think, find that a bit hard. You know, going from maybe a big club to a, you know, a Scottish thing as well. You know, like up north, it's the same thing for Celtic. Celtic are not too big thing in the country. You're listening to the Ricky Long Podcast, where international fitness entrepreneur Ricky Long answers your questions and interviews fitness leaders on training, nutrition, and mindset. Ricky is a fitness industry expert, having been helping people achieve their fitness goals since 2002. We talk everything fitness, business, and group exercise to help you on your fitness journey. So much fun. We actually did this a couple of weeks ago um, on Sunday, the 7th of July, and I'm having fun with this. And this is a great conversation I had with a good friend, a fitness colleague, Mr. Chris Miller. Chris Miller is a professional footballer. He plays for Jamie Morton. He has been a professional footballer, get this, professional footballer for 18 age of 36, Chris Miller signed his first professional contract with Jamie Morton. And in this episode, we discuss all things football, all things about Chris's career, his professional decisions that he's made, and hopefully some things that maybe you haven't heard before. So it's uh, it's about how he went from Celtic to Jamie Morton, playing 144 games in a row in his first spell with Jamie Morton. That went and how his fitness has helped him do that. Then he played for 10 years at St Johnston and won the Scottish Cup during that time in a, in a league division of St Johnston. And then in his return to Jamie Morton, he played for Jamie, I want to say 2017, and right up now in 2012. He's currently going through, in, in his own words, a very, very difficult, challenging, but fun pre season with Jamie Morton. But anyway, I'm going to cut over to uh, chat now with Chris to give you some context on this. This was a really, really nice conversation Chris and I had. Uh, Chris invited me over to his house. Um, we had some breakfast together. And we basically just had a, a pint at the door. And we just started chatting. So you, you will hear a couple of maybe kitcheny noises. So I hope you don't mind me um, having a, a few conversations with uh, Chris at the same time. But I hope not too bad. Support them because obviously helps me and it makes you think uh, about uh, the conversations that you have with me. This episode, of course, sponsored by Pony for Sport, Northern Ireland's sports retailer of the year 2018. Currently specializing in home and commercial gym kit as well as equipment for kids or schools. And welcome to the Ricky Long Podcast, is my good friend. I cannot believe I'm saying this, professional <laughs> footballer for Greenock Morton, Chris Miller. Thanks for having me, Nicky. Pleasure I'm, to be I'm, on. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm going to be a fanboy during our chats here, <laughs> and I'm just going to ask so many questions about what it's like to be a professional footballer. Um, so yeah, before we go on, you know, tell us who you are. You know, you're obviously a professional footballer, so who do you play for? Who all have you played for? Well, uh, I, I, as you said, Chris Miller. Uh, I'm a professional footballer. I played for Jim 
semester at left school and so many years ago in the 18. Uh, first club I started out with was Celtic, so you know, I done my, my uh, YT there, so basically you know, you're a youth team player, managed to get to reserve level, never actually broke into the, the first team there, uh, and I came back to St Morton, uh, about five years there, uh, and when I moved to St Johnston, uh, that was in the same division, uh, first division, went and won that division, went to the Premier League, I played there ten years, and I'm currently back now, three times for the local club, doing it again, Good Morton, which is, which is great, uh, signed there last year, and I another season this year, you know, taking me to the tender age of 36. Still trying, I see. Still trying, mate, still well, trying. Well, one of the things you actually said when we first started chatting about a year ago, which is even better now than you did when you were a 21-year-old. Definitely, definitely. And I, I don't say that just lightly, I definitely feel as if uh, I'm much more aware of things like nutrition, rest, recovery, uh, what to do in the gym. That, that just comes from experience and obviously being uh, you know, a public figure you get better at everything as well and obviously educating yourself as well which I think is massively important e- even now there's you know, things that I'm trying to learn about body to get older how to kind of rest, recover a lot more and, and eating better uh, so I think that's something that I've, got to, I've always had is, is a, a, a good base of fitness uh, at 36 I still have to say that I, I do keep my fitness high it's something I'm, I'm very proud of you know I am anymore <laughs> that I can do the ranks if I, I, I retired or, or, or doing my job to, you know in Northfields or whatever else and that's no disrespect to that but uh, you know I'm still doing the thing I'm most passionate about and every year I, I set myself goals and targets to try and achieve and I think that's something that's just exactly uh, taking me in good stead. So it's your second spell at Morton Mount mm-hmm. so I will talk about Celtic in a second but when We'll call it a wee while ago, will we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, definitely, you know, the, I think the game's moved on, I think, massively in, in, in those times. Uh, obviously, to compare, I was at Celtic where you had, I'm just talking about a wee bit of transition from mm-hmm. going there yeah, and there. Yeah. Uh, I was at Celtic, you know, it was under Martin Lane, so they had a very successful team, got to Seville, and you, you had Kurt Feiny that year, yeah. and just the year I left, and that was in Christmas time, and they go to a place where everything's looked after, you know, especially everything, the training grounds, blah, 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 all, all the th- things are, are, are top, 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 and then going to St. Martin and you're training down the back of the park, you've got to keep your kit home and wash it, there's no mm-hmm. breakfast, there's no lunches, so a lot of players, I think, find that transition hard, you know, yeah. going from maybe a big club where, and there's a status thing as well, you know, like it or not, you're, you're playing for, for Celtic, Celtic Rangers play the biggest club, you know, in the country, and being a, a youth team or reserve team player, whatever it may be, there's a stat that comes along with that, and if that's taken away from some players, that sometimes it's hard to transition and handle that, going into an environment where you have to do so much for yourself, and it sounds totally, I'm sure people listening to this and think, but it is, it's that shock to the system, and you're maybe playing with players who maybe don't have the same kind of coaching, maybe technically, or, or the game knowledge that you've got, and you've got to adjust your game, and you've got to adjust everything, but... I remember that transition well, and I, one thing I always did was I was a great self-belief, and you know I wanted to go there at the time the first division go playing, and I was man, I was fortunate that I, I did that. I was 
get into the top team. And I played a hundred forty four games alone. That was that doing that alone made me a better player than sitting playing in their team. Celtic, you know, I'd be training all week to come to a start with Sunday and I'd be playing first team for Oakland and probably set a few dirty players who weren't playing not in his first team and that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you'd be sit training all week and you're playing. You're not getting anywhere. So to get out and actually play men's football in, in a real environment where it means, you know, a win bonus, maybe 50 quid, 100 quid, whatever it may be, but that's helped pay guys' mortgages, that's helped pay down their tables. It's, yeah. it's a totally different mindset, mm-hmm. you know. It was great for me, you know, and it, it made me more determined to step back up to that level, and that's something that always stuck with me. As soon as I went to Palace, Celtic, good morning, I thought, no, I need, to, I need to get back to that level at the, at the top level of Scotland. And I remember my mum was upset when I found out I was getting released and stuff, and bah, I was like, why, why, why did it start for me? I was like, this is this going to make it, and it did, and looking back now, I've been through like, times like that where you're, you know, you're getting told basically you're not doing it. You know, you, you've got to have the right mindset and mentality to go, no, I'm going to use this in a good way. I'm going to use this to keep me and push me. I'm going to use this as fuel to go and push on and kick on and get back. And, and I think that's what, what I did. Yeah, so then you went from Morton, you did 144 games mm-hmm. in a row. In a row, I, I played about 200 odd games, you know, from 1920 to 1925. Uh, we won the third, that first year I was there, which was great because you want to win things yeah. in football. And, you know, that whole mentality, you're not just playing games for the sake of it, you, you get goals and ambitions to achieve, so one third, went to second, spent a couple of seasons there, we missed out a couple of times, we probably, sh- you know, there's a lot of kind of stuff with the, 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 the betting scandal and stuff along the way, like we, we just changed that, that first year we get promoted, so we, uh, we were Oakland College players at Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, and we kind of capitulated basically, because there was all these rumours going about for us to take bets on games and stuff like that, like, Home games, it was a total absolute joke. You know, it was a, you know, looking I, back I on do it remember now, that. Now look, you said that, I do remember that. Looking back on it now, you know, I wasn't a young, a young kid. You know, I was pretty young at the time. And it was none of the allegations were ever made against me, but you know, I think if I was a bit older, I'd have probably spoke out more uh, for like press or whatever yeah. to, to try to force them. But it was one of those things seemed to affect the players, and it totally changed the mindset of the club and the whole atmosphere of the club at the time. But looking back, if I'm being honest, looking back on that time, for me to strengthen Christmas and the, and the club never did, and I think that's one, one of the reasons more why they never, I'm, I'm maybe straight for Peter Wells and get injured at Christmas before Christmas because then it was a big loss and never really got called back at the start. So for me there was football and reasons that, that I come to and uh, if we were a young team, I just don't think we had the, the mindset and mentality at the time to go. But, you know, the following season was a great year, they were coming through the divisions and we, we missed out. Lost the playoffs that year. Uh, I gave away a penalty. I remember up there at Peter Head, and <laughs> it was never a penalty, by the way. <laughs> never a penalty. But uh, I, you know, experiences like that, I will stand you in good stead. Not not at the time, but later on, you know, I was I was dead upset. I remember we lost the game one 0 and you know, I was, I was I was fine. You know, I wasn't crying or anything like that. But then across the pitch, my mum comes running across the pitch. I'm like, what she doing? And she was in tears, she hugged me and I just burst into tears and uh, I think the following year we managed to win the league and we get promoted. Uh, it, it just was brilliant, you know, kind of sending them in the, in the championship and what. From there, we, we just stayed in the league, but at that time I was starting to think, right, is this the time to move on? Uh, you know, I've been there five years and I think I've done everything I 
what to do. Just lift the club I felt at that time. I was like, I can't just pick up the things. I'd won player of the year award. I had uh, an issue at Burns thinking, right, we need to get, I need to kick on to my career. I've played a lot of games. Uh, you know, I consciously was thinking about doing it at the start of that season that I could get a really exciting career. Uh, and, and it happened. my contract, I'd, I'd mentioned it to them and they said we thought it's, it's the summer and big Christmas time, uh, Lee Johnson came in to, to transfer the management and Sonny was telling me the other day that uh, Reid Selesky came in training and he was with Brom at the time and he was impressed by my fitness and he says, ah, you've been putting away for people and he says, and he's like, you look because I couldn't get away from you and you've always pushing me he's like, and then he was he was a tour manager at the time at Johnson and I played against him mm-hmm. and I think it was he kicked me <laughs> up into the park. <laughs> I was feeling, I was like, fuck off, looking <laughs> during, the, during the game and that. And, and then he just needed to get the job uh, as manager. And then uh, he, he made his move. And you know, as soon as I met him, I knew that I, I had work to do. Uh, since I reckon that's a great, great manager. Great somebody. Really wanted to get a good work under him. Uh, you know, I, I, I got a huge contract. And, and then I was made many things. Awesome. So I, I, when I first got to know you, you were coming to the end of your last season with St Johnson, so it was before you went back to Morton. So it's ten years at St Johnson. That's virtually unheard of now in professional football. Mm-hmm. You know, a player staying at one club for ten years. So I'm sure you have a lot of stories. But what was it like? What was that first season like? Going from Greenock Morton to St Johnson, and also you travel every day to training so kind of what was that first season of transition like for you the first season was brilliant you know it could, I don't think it could have went any better uh, obviously going to a new club that was a, it's a new day experience you know meeting new people about the club you're meeting and new and players how old would you have been 25 25 25, 25. I just got yeah. married in the summer uh, as well which was great uh, so it's, it's a big change once you get travel you know it's two hours every day starts hard on the body as well, yeah. you know, but later on, like, maybe in my 18, 17, 18, 18 season, I started getting hamstring problems and stuff, but I worked through them and, and I think that was, was part of the, the reason yeah. as well, just that all that travel and catching up to and people that you probably don't really play, don't know as well. <laughs> uh, but no, the first season was brilliant. We went there and I knew right away that it was the right decision, you know, I, I love working with guys that said that great team there and Cody Morris was, was a good friend uh, from the assistant Celtic manager do you know what I mean so yeah, yeah. it's like he, he'd, uh, he'd known you know, the manager well since the, the, the Millwall we played together so we managed to get him up he's a big fella Cody Morris uh, even Milne played up front as Mark Lardy said when he was at uh, Paul Shields who I worked with only about 12 one inch next to Crosby played with at the time boys Gavin, Gavin Solanke Gary Ogden played right back, Alan Mays, and it was great blend of youth and experience, great manager, so I felt that it was the right thing to want to win the league, mm-hmm. and, and so it happened. Uh, you know, I used to score a lot of goals when I was at Morton, but it never really worked out that way at St Johnson, I think it was to the day of my career, but <laughs> I played a lot of games, you know, and, and we were great fitness and things, so we were set up at midfield, good energy, and, and guys that you could stick on at that time, like, and you know, we ended up winning the league by, by 10 points, and for me, it was, 
total validation for, for what I have to say, you know, this is my gut, but you know, should I end up just saying it wrong for more money at the time as well, they come back in and offer a, the opposite nonsense to be honest, you know, and I'm very flattered, but money's never been a motive, it's not been the main motivation for me throughout my career, yeah. I've always felt that I want to chase questions that can get me out of going and do something one time, just, you know, and uh, I remember my dad, when Gave my lord to time, you know, I wanted to do that so he's going to go for it, you know, so he could do well financially, gain some but well, well himself, you know. Yeah, and exactly. So he won the league and it was unbelievable. It was brilliant. He won it against Morton Park as well, you know. So <laughs> they scored first, it was like, you know, it was like four games to go and they went one nil up. I actually hit the post and then uh, I think it was Stephen Milne scored. We ended up winning the game 3 1 anyway. And you know, it was, it, it was a kind of wee twist of fate that obviously we won it. The final game we actually won it. And it went full speed. So, you know, total validation for me for my decision. Uh, it's probably the summer looking up and just to get the trophy and the big celebration of town and stuff like that. And the celebrations with the fans, brilliant. And then I felt it was brilliant. Back to the Premier League in Scotland, that's where I wanted to be. It took me five years, I thought it would take me a wee bit quicker. But, you know, again, massive experience played a lot of games. So a lot of a lot of my listeners, Dennis, that maybe won't know you, of course, your listeners will. So, uh, for the benefits of my listeners, your how would you describe your physique? My physique? Yeah. <laughs> like how would you describe my physique? Uh, I would that. I would that's it. Uh, five foot eight. Uh, I weigh around about sixty eight to seventy kilos. And that's one thing as well, when I started, I was like 10 stone three when I, when I yeah. started coming into jobs, I, I, was, I was aware of my physical attributes and I need to put on a wee bit of... Were, were you told you were too small? No, 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 I was never told that, but there was things that happened, I've been told that in my career before, there was different yeah. things, but I was at a Scotland trial and when I was like 14, 15, it was like when Scott was racing, one of the reasons I think I never got in was because I was told because I was yeah. too small. should have been there. And we're twelve so I played with now a guy Gary Stewart. Me and him were just like we went because he was a big enough fit. Did you see that to me? Like, the only reason we ever went was because physically. There's a lot of stuff that happens people are told to do more than that other else. But I don't know if it's happened so much now but at that time when I was going through but in terms of I've never been told that I'm too small but I was aware that I, like, I had to put on a wee bit I had to be stronger. Mm-hmm. So it's something that I right away I physically went right I'm gonna hit the gym. I'm gonna start on a bit of strength, a bit of size, uh, and, I, and, and I started to like, put on a little bit of fitness and fitness and that, so, uh, but I know I've always been, been into the gym, and it's something that, that, is, that I felt that I enjoyed doing, you know, and I, I, I worked on it. I mean, to play football at the level you played at, and you're a centre midfielder, I've watched you quite a few times in the last season, and you're a runner, like, you run, you're industrious, you're tenacious, you're box to box so have you always been that type of player and secondly you know how, how do you make yourself fit enough to play that role nice well before when I first came in full time one of the guys a physio his name is Naya Mohammed right he said to me when I was built that get yourself as fit as you can 
I remember we done Parkway doing like Scotland, doing Ipswich, just doing like uh, me and my dad trying to do red ash at times, black lashes and it. And I went into PCG at that time was I was one I was like I won the group test and I was one of the six there. So right away I, I, I looked back in a good place for fitness, but something was something else changed. You work at it. You, you work at it, you know, and every year then I take two weeks off, right? I take my week two weeks off back at it next year anyway. I can't just sit out. So I'll go to the gym and I'll do my run. That's my way. I just put the time and effort in to be I've always believed that if you're as someone's got more ability than you and there is a stronger bit more ability than me. But I think what I always try to do is that it comes to a point where you never get tired of like you run over the top of this. Yeah. And that's something that I've always tried to work on. Like so I do basket on the weight, you know, and I'm not the quickest, but I read the game well enough and I'm I can pump quick, I'm sharp. So I've been that center and I got a bit of low center of gravity. Mm. But I work my core really well, but I'm even though I'm small, I'm clumsy, I don't get shoved off the ball very easily because Spanish girls, but a lot of the small Spanish girls in stature, they use their bodies so well because they put your, themselves in between the defender and the ball. Yeah. And if you get that kind of small squat stance and getting strong on a proper body to hold people off, you're not going to get the ball off you. Plus, you can pump quickly well then. <laughs> you just can pump one way and turn the other, you're away. So it's, it's definitely something that I think is partly for any footballer, but for basketball. You've got to be able to be short, sharp, plus your speed, good endurance. So when you were a young footballer and you were doing your you know your team training sessions, mm-hmm. you know six after nine o'clock to twelve o'clock probably in the morning, mm-hmm. you know weekday morning, did you have train before and after that yourself as well? When I was at Celtic, I used to start. I started down to the local gym in the morning with my friends. So I'd, we would get together at like half nine, ten. But when it was at the time we were at Barrowfield, I'd go into Celtic Park in the morning probably at eight thirty, and just walk to Celtic Park for five forty five minutes with my friends, then head over to Barrowfield there was always obviously structured uh, gym sessions as a, as a group, mm-hmm. as a team. Uh, but no, I was trying to do that, that wee bit myself on my own. Uh, I think that's what the best way to do it, whether it be you're working on anything, whether it be your passing, your dribbling, your shooting. It's taking that time to go and actually do it yourself. It doesn't even need to be long, it can be 25 minutes, you know. But if you're doing that repetition constantly, mm-hmm. you know, it's like any action, it just becomes second nature, natural. I think it's the same with, with both. I think the players who have maybe got the good careers or longevity or whatever it may be, like uh, I think they put the work in, no doubt about it. And see the ones that don't perform as early, they don't. Because a, a lot of it, well, if it comes natural, right, you, you, you just have to keep doing that. Yeah. But there will come a point where maybe 
the best part the best part of my day to change it is to save stories [ah] because to to open to ya as much information onto your therapist as possible you know so you have to be adaptable and I think that's something that if you've got a a good all round eh basis of fitness like you were saying good [noise] endurance eh that that will stand you in good stead. [noise] Mhm. [noise]
this will be wet post Navy Valley. So we are 40 minutes from Glasgow and then everything else is another 40, 50, 60, 80 hours from there. And it's not only that, it's about support and bad times when you're feeling bad after football is probably showing the high and lows, but one good weekend is going great, you've won four nights, which is great, whatever it may yeah. be. Next weekend you're losing, but probably get lose from a team or
rising is in growth, but as long as you're, you, you understand that you've got to get through all those peaks and troughs to get to that kind of end goal. And I think younger players, that's something that is, is wrong. It's wrong. They, they want to say, oh, I'm up at social media and, you know, and everybody likes likes. You know, but everybody does, of course you do. But, you know, it, it shouldn't make up the fabric that's missing for who you are. And I think that's just sometimes it's something that, that, that people need to kind of realise. You said there about social media. I always call it social media, your Instagram feed or Instagram story. That is, that's magic of death. That is Highlight the only reels. highlights. You don't see the, the shit things. You know, they don't see your face when you're driving home, you know, two hours from a defeat. See that, um, so I was going to ask you what have been like the, the lowest points of your career, the biggest challenges, and what have you done to overcome that? Do you know, I, I've been very lucky that I've you know, uh, I've won things right when I switched up, which is a massive highlight. You know, it's going to get any better for me, but out there, that's Celtic Rangers, there's not many people that, that go and they can do that, and that was a massive ambition for me. It's something that I thought, right, that was a big goal for me. To do that in 2014, I've won the first division, I've won the second division, I've won the third division. So I've won basically most divisions apart from, apart yeah. from the Premier League uh, in, the, in the kind of kind of challenged up yeah. as, as, it, as it would be. Uh, so I've, I've I've been lucky. I've played 600 odd games. I'm still playing. I'm 36. So you know I I count myself lucky that, mm-hmm. that I've had that. You know I've worked hard for it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Lows. Getting loose through Celtic was obviously a low, but I didn't see it that way at the time. I was stunning. Uh, it might sound people, but Celtic fans will listen, and it's like, but it wasn't real football. It wasn't great. Do you know what I mean? I, every nerve, it's brilliant. Could I maybe dedicate myself to it more at the time? I probably could have. You know, if I'm being honest, there's no doubt. It got to a stage where I was going out and all them matches I do. But it, it came from a place for me, frustration, where I was training all week, and I was turning up on Saturday. I didn't even play the games. People need, like, you don't understand how, as footballers, that's what you live and breathe for. Coming on Saturday, Sunday, you're on that, you're involved in even the squad. And I wasn't. Yeah. I was playing first team, so I was coming down, I was like, ah, I can do this. So when Celtic came to me and offered me a pair, I had a year and a half left in my contract, I was like, I can do that. You know, so it, it was a low eye, but it wasn't a low in where my balls would drop or devastated. At a point, I couldn't really. You wanted to play. I wanted to go play. I didn't want to get away from Celtic. I wanted to go play football. Mm-hmm. And that's all I wanted to do. Uh, so you were a Celtic fan? Ah, well, in my house, I went to live Celtic Rangers fits. Okay. So I had... had Where's for Scotland? Ah, <laughs> just the way my mum and dad kind of brought us up. Uh, but I'd say my dad was more Rangers orientated when he was younger. He was a Celtic okay. brother. Kind of, he played football himself. He was signed for Fife. So he, kind of, ah. he knew the process, you know what I mean? He was a very good footballer, a lot of people knew him as well. And, you know, I think he sacrificed a lot for his family at the time, I think, so it never worked for him. But my mum was from a Catholic, Irish Catholic background, you know, so I think they made a split decision not to get involved and, and, and that. You know what it was like maybe at a close foot time here. But Obviously, but as soon as I moved over to Scotland, so like the, the maybe one for your, your audience is, oh, I see you're from Northern Ireland, I see you, but Rangers are Celtic, and I'm kind of like, Just you're very matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to know. I want to know who I'm talking to. Because um, I want to know where the 
No. Um, but that that's that's interesting that you kind of grew up in that environment where I knew the environment, and, I, and yeah. my friends were cool. It was fine because I could play upstairs to to Rangers because of my friends probably and, and my brothers and stuff like that. Uh, but I went to Malton games. I think my that's games I went to. I went to Derek McInnes's playing, which is mm-hmm. the manager who signed Nathan Johnson. Yeah. So he was playing for Malton at the time. So uh, you know I've always had a connection to 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 go to Malton. Now especially the team's ruthless, you know. Yeah, that's fair. They, they say the rules. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> so away from football, I, I've loved this. I've spent thirty minutes just talking shop with the professional football team. It's funny you said about um, you went and did training um, a couple of weeks. Mm. So that was put on Facebook, and my mates have come over in a couple of weeks' time. I told you about it, mm. and we're going down to the Power Games. on at school did what the standard days and my high notes uh, and then I always, always thought to myself that it hit 30 can't play forever it's time to kind of move on and what's kind of a relaxed bit but obviously what you're going to do if you stop playing you, what you say 35 is when you stop playing so I've not done that but uh, <laughs> sometimes that's what they call me I'm, I'm getting younger as I get older but it, it doesn't feel that way sometimes uh, so I went down to the Grenade first and foremost and uh, sports journalism, so I thought to myself, I've been involved in sport all my days, that's what I want to kind of continue after football. So I went down to the uh, Grenade Sports Journalism, so which was great, actually it was two years, it was a fast track kind of course, uh, I got first class honours in that. Wow, uh-huh. well done. I like to, if I do something I couldn't relate to, I, I want to try and do it to the best of my ability. I think not a lot of people know that. I, you know, I, it's, I think people know it now, like, cause I think I've, I've done stuff in it, like, up here, I've done. I was on Clyde One uh, yeah. for a bit, the the, the phone-in. I did a place in the Scottish Sun as well. I did. I wrote a column for the old paper for a bit as well. Uh, I did like kind of when we were playing in Europe with St Johnson. I did like a, a, a video diary, oh, basically okay. cutting edit and that as well. So I've, I've done bits and pieces, but it's like everything else. It's about opportunity, isn't it? And mm-hmm. I've done bits and pieces on the radio and whatever else, but it's hard because. If you've not got that profile, which is different ages, look at it, it's, it's saturated by ex-pro, playing for Clyde Celtic and Rangers, yeah. if I'm being honest. Uh, and I've went and done the whole backroom stuff, you know, got first class honours, and I'm finding that opportunities was less than what you think, when we start looking at opportunities was less than less. So I just start thought to myself, right, well, what else can I do? So I was looking at training uh, courses, getting run by the fitness group, and then I jumped onto that. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously fitness is something that I've So I was like, right, that's something that maybe I can continue on. Yeah. Uh, at St Johnson at the time, it was, you know, I was starting to kind of not play as much as I wanted to, for whatever reason. Uh, I think the manager thought that I, 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 was, I 
started up when I was at St Johnston, my towards the end of my spent last year, uh, I was running a course with three people, and then we started taking on advertised that I just went a kind of standard course and I went to the training that was in class. So just advertised that I'd be doing personal training, uh, the water plant gym, uh, IL contacted me, I put a wee poster up to say that and right away he said look come work here, we'd love to have you. Uh, and I think that's, you know, for any PT starting out, I was lucky because I had a bad profile locally. Yeah. So people right away are like, oh, I'll come train with him, he's funny, he's good, good dog. Right away you've got a target audience, a market yeah. to go and tap into. So it wasn't hard for me to get clients mm-hmm. to start off with, but it was anything you know, you could even squat the position. So yeah. that's uh, that's kind of how it, it started out. And so I've been doing it now for about a, a year and a half. I think I've kind of established myself now as, mm-hmm. as a decent PT. I wouldn't say I'm, I wouldn't say I'm, I, I, I think I'm good at what I do. You know, I get, I get good results. I, I do it. say I'm more uh, transformation based I think I've touched on sport specific stuff as well mm-hmm. so I said kind of playing football I've got a good idea and I, I hope I'm not some other sports but you know I think transformation you know that's another area I kind of tap into the most uh, I've got a wide variety of clients males females like ages abilities Training is something I say it's, it's hard work, but it's not easy. It's promoted, uh, this is one of the things that I don't like about it. It's promoted as if it's a piece of piss. Mm-hmm. It is not. It is a folly, it is a graft, man. Yeah. I'm up at 6 o'clock, you ask my missus, I'm up more now than what I've ever done. I'm up at 6 in the morning sometimes now. Yeah. So a typical day for me, it's 6 in the morning, I'm out with two clients, then I go train. I can have a double session Tuesday, Thursday. So I'm out from 6 o'clock in the morning, midday, coming back in here, 3 o'clock, right? I've got a young family, two kids. Deal with them for a bit, dinner, whatever, and then I'm back out sometimes from 6 to 10. Mm-hmm. Now that is a long ass day. Yep. For football, for us both, for no work. <laughs> right? There was an air quotes there. Air quotes there. <laughs> so, you know, that, and that's one thing that's always been my work ethic, whether it be from football to personal training. Like, I'm invested in my clients, I think that's one of the main things and why I get clients and why I get referrals from 
I'm invested in my client. I'm not here to make my job indifferent. In the first place, I care. I don't like taking money off people that really know that they help. Because in the end of the day, that's what your job's done. Mm-hmm. It's a pure I just get a the slow process and that make experience. Ah, you want it? I teach that as well. But as a PT, you you you're getting money to get results. Mm-hmm. If you're not getting results, you're not a good PT. Fact. Yeah. And and so for me, that's something. I one thing I need as well, you've got to get clicked in. You've got to get changed if it changes, especially those first blocks, one to four weeks. You need to drill into them the basics, you know what I mean? Good nutrition. They want lose weight, oh, tell them the best thing. Fine. They know no matter what diet they're on, they'll just keep going. And that's something I don't say that enough. You want to work for a diet that suits you, you should be aiming for your face. One thing I love I love to say that is wholesome and healthy, you know what I mean? As long as it's not processed. Portion control, plenty of water, fruit and tea, completely. Rest and recovery, massive, and then ob- and obviously your training. You know, it, it, it's, it's no hard. People overcomplicate things, you know, with bad diet, whatever it may be, what kind of diet is, is this the right way? You know, I, I'm, you don't lose weight unless you have calorie deficit. Fact. One of the things I say to a lot of my PT business clients um, is when you're dealing with your customers, sell them the result and then you give them what they need so they're coming to you and saying Chris I want to lose a stone for this holiday so you're promising them all the food to do that so it's it's a calorie deficit it's this training plan and then you have to work because again another thing I say is that there's the best training plan in the world there's the best nutrition plan a way of a way and do it if they don't go and do it you haven't done your job exactly and so that's where I think makes the good PTs and the great PTs because the great PTs can adapt those programs and you know hack into the mindset of mindset. those individual people. You need to get people to buy into you, but you need to buy into them as well. You yeah. need to understand where they're coming from. I've had clients who have dealt with anxiety all their life, and that's yeah. one thing that I think I'm very good at is understanding people and how to manage them. You know, and I think that's like yeah, I had a client, and I won't name names, but they were saying that they've been with came to me because they saw a certain result, right? But they weren't sure because I've come with a football background that things aren't great. You know, all stick. And I would be more <laughs> kind of understanding their needs and, and their, own, their own kind of situation. He's been training me now for a year. And he's in the, what, he's one of the best situations we're doing, you know. And that's the win for me, you know. Like, totally changing his whole life. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that to sound big time at all. That is how it came across, and he's messaged me that, and he's put posts to it on that, and you know, times like that, I can't, I could not get happiness down the back. I'm like that, going to that gym, and I'm like, I've had a hard day today. I'm like, I cannot be asked going to stand here for four hours PT. Mm-hmm. But that's when I think, as a PT, I'm like, man, I think a lot of the things that you've invested, these people are taking your money, they're not doing what's right for them, mm-hmm. and going out, man, go and do it. And then as soon as you're there, it's a switch and you're enjoying it and you're enjoying yeah. the process and that. But that's what I come back to what I was saying. It's not easy. It's the hard graph PT. And I think that's something that people really need to understand. Yeah, it's sold as the 40, 50k a year job. And what a lot of these young PTs... Good luck with that. Yeah. A lot of these young PTs think, oh, all right, I'll do, they'll work it out. Like I'm earning 30 pounds a session. If I do 35 sessions a week, I'll get my 40 grand. And they're like, well, okay, when are you fitting those 35 sessions in? Yeah, that's the thing. And I'm lucky, right? I'd say, like, I run, the way I do it is nice, but I try to run 10 clients max. Mm-hmm. So, so these, these are uh, the good contacts. These are 
your live clients? Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of do, the way I work really is one-to-one or small group right now, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't do any kind of teaching for them. I, I've got an online thing set up yeah. as well, which I kind of take on 10 clients at a time, run with them for like three months, and then set them all back up. But sometimes it becomes over kind of adult situation more, but you know, it's, a, it's just time management mm-hmm. basically, isn't it? Because you don't want to take on too many and you don't have enough attention for everybody where, and that's the thing. So I, the way I set up is, I, I take 10 clients, we do two sessions a week together, second session could be all on, on their own, obviously based on their fitness levels, their goals, what they achieve, some people maybe get both sessions in, like my cardio, hip training sessions, whatever mm-hmm. it may be, some will do less, obviously just depending on how much they're making and how they hate it. Uh, so I, we, we do that, uh, I kind of run it blocks, so I run like eight sessions in a block each week for me. You know that, that's the kind of that's the basis of my kind of model that I do. You know, that works. It, I think it does. Yeah. I think it does. Uh, I think I get decent results. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't have a end set up in terms of my own individual PT page or anything like that. I just get my own Instagram, my own Facebook, social media. Then it all kind of amalgamates with my barber life, my football life. My so just basically. Everyone needs so people are buying into me and seeing yeah. exactly the values exactly. that I stand for. I, I cringe when I see these PT pages because if if I'm if I'm in in the crowd leisure and I want Chris Miller as my PT, I'm going on the Instagram and I'm searching for Chris Miller. I'm not searching for Inverclyde Flex PT. <laughs> no, nobody cares who that is. So I always use the example of I used to go under the name of Rickfit. No, nobody's going on the Facebook looking for Rickfit. See, once you have two, three hundred thousand followers and celebrity clients, yeah, get, get yourself a separate brand. But until then, people people want you, people want the person. Exactly, I was just going to say that. that. People want to know who you are, because at the end of the day, it's a partnership. Yeah. It's not just me, my clients buying into me, it's just a whole, it's, it's, it's a partnership. We are in this together, that's first thing I say, is that, 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 that. There's no point in me taking your money if you're not going to buy into what I'm saying. And likewise, if I'm not buying into you, if I don't care. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's, it's about, isn't it? It's about any service. You want customer care. And I think that's what you need to give. That, that means, one, filling up your time for, for uh, clients. Mm-hmm. Or if, if you need to cancel, giving them enough time. Also, being understanding of the level of circumstances. Because sometimes, I've never put a rate, and I, people say to me, I probably do, but I've been cancelled on that a few times and I've never put that as a question, right? It's something that I'll probably work on when I stop playing football because then maybe it's financial for me, but I think it could be people that kind of take them for service, but they're, un- they're more understanding to them. Yeah. So get them to buy in right away. And and that, that that's one of the things that you need to be adaptable, don't you? Mm-hmm. You just can't, can't be adaptable. Like you can have the best, like your company for a PT session, you can have the best plan written out here for you. Then all of a sudden you turn up and say, oh, listen, I've had a really, really shit day at work. Um, I'm really, really stressed. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh, I've got these three rep maxes. I'm not going to do a CO2 max test. And you're like, well, he's already stressed. The last thing your body needs is this. Come on out, let's just go for a walk. I had a client, and, I, and uh, it was the exact kind of, it was a bad day at work. Came in, he sent that because he thought, yeah. I didn't want to do that, right? But I could tell, right? That's what, there was something that was wrong. 
they all just did it like that. Just that. Which works out better wallet because you're literally making a main part of the session. Kind of making a secondary bit, kind of like a second bit, and just like, oh fuck, it's coming off. And we end up talking. And we we end up, we did it a bit, and he's done as much as he could. And he went away and said, after that, you know, after I text you, you just kind of see that as it. Because you're okay, so blah, blah, blah. So don't just make it turn up to people, you're investing in people. And I think that's that's the main thing is a personal trainer, like, So let's chat kind of maybe a bit more about you. What, what does your training look like? So not your football training, when you're in the gym, mm-hmm. what, what do, do you do as a, for, for yourself, your own kind of- Mad training? Like, yeah, so what does that look like to complement your football? Complement football, so from like, football, like see the clubs now, it's kind of all encompassing, you know what I mean? They're very good uh, in terms of doing all your strength work, strength and conditioning football training that stuff but just so just now we're pre-season so there's not a lot of time to do it recovery but generally during the season so I try I like I enjoy lifting weights that I do uh, but I always try and so I won't really do a lot of fitness training to get that all into football but I'll be doing strength training strength and conditioning I'll be doing other bodies like basically core trying to find so as a professional footballer as a professional you do football. strength work for your legs Especially for off season, good. I would batter my legs. Good, because it kills me when I hear footballers, football, like young footballers, and young kids. I'll just say it. They'll come to the gym and they'll say, "Oh, I want to do some weights. I don't need to do my legs because I play football twice a week." You need to be strong in your legs, man. Like, yeah, you should be training your legs two, three times uh, exactly. a week. Exactly, <laughs> and, and single leg stuff. Yeah. Unilat- Tailored to the body's own needs. Everything needs to be watched for, for that event. 
That's that. That's another episode of the Ricky Long Podcast. Don, a massive huge thank you for 
Chris for his hospitality and location and his thoughts for giving me his time and our time on the Rugby Rock podcast. As always, sponsored by Pauline Sport, Northern Ireland's sports retailer of the year in 2018. Be sure to get over onto your Instagram, give us a screenshot, tag me on Instagram, give Chris a follow on Instagram and let us know what you thought about this episode and whatever else You are listening to the Ricky Long Podcast, where international fitness entrepreneur Ricky Long answers your questions and interviews fitness leaders on training, nutrition, and mindset. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes.